Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Plus... Alex. That's me. Double plus. Nate. Glad to be back, everybody. <laughs> Glad to have him back. Today is Monday, September 19th. I return to steer this rudderless ship. And I'm thankful for the solid work that junior producer Alex and chaos coordinator Jim put in during my absence. Those are excellent titles. I love it. Yeah, I love it. We should put that on our T-shirts. Make it happen. Uh, it is football season. And since it's in full force, we thank, again, all of you who survived the Dog's Day of Summer, terrible baseball talk, other extremely uninformed takes, and our attempts at new segments to get back to what we do best, and that is talk the football. Yes, sir. Man, we really did some really shitty segments. And, uh... No, some of them were cool. Not massive work. Yeah, which it's on a break this week. Um, frankly, because I didn't have any... I didn't really think of anything. But next week, the return of Mount Massive. Uh, Alex visited Acrisure Stadium today. Heinz Field, but okay. No, it, it was technically Acrisure Stadium. I had fantastic seats thanks to a opportunity from someone I know at work. And Did you was... tell about the podcast? Oh, yeah, they know all about the podcast. Okay, good. I talk about the podcast a lot. Um, unfortunately, the Steelers lost, but other than that, it was a sweet game still. Really fun, perfect weather, all the good things. It was a good day. More on some uh, some extra stadium talk later in Quick Thoughts. I don't know if you experienced this, Alex. I don't know if there was a time to experience this, but we'll talk there more was. about – Oh, there was. They're right. They're right. There was. Uh, Nate obviously is joining us for our NFL breakdown. So uh, strap on up for Nate's referee talk, arguments about who is good not good in the NFL, and a bunch of other cool football fun. Are we not – are we still calling it the, the BBB? Or are we do, trying to follow the rules? I thought it was a BBF now. Well, yes. <laughs> that's not that's not family friendly for the intro. To hear more about this uh, <laughs> issue, we got a segment we're gonna we're gonna reveal. So we'll get to that. Yep. As always, be sure to follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter, Sports Stuff W forward slash Jim Ambersand Muff on Facebook, on YouTube, subscribe, comment, rate, review, like, retweet, poke. What is the other thing you always talk about, Alex? Tickle. Tickle. Keep us moving in the correct direction. Pirates, give us a update, Alex, on the Pirates. Well, the Pirates. Pirates hold are on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't have my sunflower seeds. Hold on. No, Damn. go ahead. 55 and 92. Well, on their way to losing 100 games. They're only better than the Nationals Athletics, but this trash franchise... Found a way to make the news again. Key Brian Hayes pulls sunflower seeds out in the middle of a game, took his glove off, tucked it under his arm, pulled some sunflower seeds out, and just calmly puts them in his mouth while a player rounds third to score on live TV. The argument this week was the play was past him. 
or it wasn't going to involve him. I don't care. You're a professional athlete. Stay in the game. Don't eat freaking sunflower seeds in the middle of freaking live play. Oh, literally today, I had to make a choice. I had two hats hanging there, and I obviously wore my Steeler jersey to the game. And I was like, should I wear a Pirates hat? Because it's black and gold, and I didn't have a Steeler hat. Or should I wear this Barstool hat? And I wore the freaking Barstool hat because I'm like, you know what? I'm done. At least for the year. Maybe by the time baseball comes back around next year, I'll feel a little better. But holy smokes. Yeah, that was a good call. Alex that is was done with Pirates. Done. I've never been like that. I'm usually like, well, you know, I'm still a fan. It sucks, but whatever. And I'm just starting to get to the point where I'm like, no discipline. Like, they are the least gritty Pittsburgh people. So what team is worse? The Indians in, made, in Major the League. I'm allowed uh-huh. to say it. Historical <laughs> reference. The Indians of Major League or the Pirates this year? Pirates this year. Jim, do you remember what the Indians did? Prior, in to, prior to the end of the movie. I'm talking about the start of the movie. That's why they play 162 games, Jim. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're weaseling down how many we got left to, to do anything. So This is horrible. <coughs> and I don't typically beat on the Steelers, but to be on TV. Pirates. Yeah, whatever. This, oh, no. Two totally this is, different situations, Jim. This, team is yeah. the, this, is, this incident is coming from the same team that had a player's phone fall out of their freaking back pocket like a few weeks ago during a game, sliding. No wonder we look like this, this isn't is bad. Fast. Nate, any thoughts, <laughs> Nate? I just want to know what's going to be the next thing. Like Alex said, we have the phone, now we have the seeds. What's next? Wow, what's left? Long. Someone going to put a nice big chaw in in the middle of the inning? Or? Yeah. Oh, that's already happening at some level, I'm sure. Well, last year, didn't we have the guy suntanning in the, in the stands? Uh, they literally, I was watching the game the other day because I don't know why I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> if it's on and nothing else is on, I'll put it on. And they showed, it was like a solid three minutes of this girl braiding another girl's hair. And they just had it showing on like live TV, like during the games, nothing else more interesting was happening or anything to talk about. And like, it was terrible because you look and the stadium is just like empty around them. Like they're just sitting by themselves braiding their hair. And I don't fault them. I'm not making fun of the girls. I'm like, that's where we've gotten to. There's nothing to even talk about, show graphics for, nothing exciting. We'll just show these girls braiding their hair. All right. I think that's enough for the Pirates talk today. Yeah. Which I'm all fired up. Oh. brings us to NFL Breakdown Week 2. Thank goodness we have football to talk about. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. We will start out with a Thursday game this week. As the Chiefs move to 2-0 and take down Jim's Chargers 27-24, in a game where Charger Nation held their breath when Justin Herbert went down. Mahomes put in a lackluster performance, but this may be the norm for at least the, th- the first third of the season without Tyree Kill to pull defenses away from Travis Kelsey. Herbert throws for 334 and three touchdowns despite being in pain for much of the fourth quarter. Herbert considered day-to-day now with rib cartilage injury. Jim, how concerned is Chargers Nation about Justin Herbert and his injuries moving forward? Uh, I would say there's a lot of concern there. Um He's my fantasy quarterback in our league. I'll be sitting him. Um, I think there's a lot of concern there. But, yeah, Alex, I almost got you. Are you concerned? It's a good game this week. What's that, Nate? 
that are you concerned about the team doctor taking care of it? We'll get we'll get to that. And yes, yes, I am. It, who was his Chargers backup? Chase Daniel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. Chip's not a fan. Uh, next to the Patriots and the Steelers. Patriots play the game that was needed to beat the Steelers, controlling the clock, limiting turnovers, and scoring points when they had the chance, beating Pittsburgh 17 to 14. Chance of Kenny in the stands as Mitch Trubisky looked like Big Ben reincarnated, not passing down the field with other wayward passes along the way. Nelson Aguilar with the offensive play of the game, grabbing a 44-yard touchdown pass over a Steeler defender while the Steelers dropped an interception and then decided to muff a punt, showing that they have to play mistake-free in order to win right now. Yeah. I wasn't there, so I'm going to go to the guy who was there. So that that's the problem. I mean, they played well enough to stay in the game. I mean, they weren't like a, it wasn't like it was like a miserable thing to watch. But we and I said that actually multiple times during the game while I was there. Why aren't we throwing the ball downfield? I mean, we have George Pickens, you have Deontay Johnson, you have Chase Claypool, and Mitch Trubisky's not a bad quarterback. I want to see a cup a couple shots. It doesn't have to be every play, obviously. You don't want that, but every once in a while, on a second down or first down, take a shot down the field. And I think that would have helped a lot today. Um, we kept trying to run the ball, and it didn't seem like Najee Harris could really find the find the gaps very well. I had super good seats, so I was like right there, and it was pretty awesome. Whenever like Nelson Aguilar came down to like you know they chirp the fans or whatever, and I was the fans, so like I'm like like literally like 20 feet away, and he's like running his mouth, and Mac Jones came up, and I was like booing him in his face, and I was like that was cool. I was like I was excited, even though the other team scored. To be honest, you're just like close and whatever, but. Yeah, the big thing's going to be the run game, being able to find some kind of hole, but I think throwing the ball downfield. I'm not really chanting for Kenny Pickett right now. I mean, I want to see Kenny Pickett. I think he did good, but I'm not off the bitch Trubisky. I don't think he, like, sucks. I think it's not his fault if they're not calling the appropriate plays. Yeah, the, the big play, the big turning point in this game was – when uh, Sutton missed that interception that was right in his hands, and then yes. uh, Olszewski muffed the punt after they forced the punt after that possession. Yeah, yeah no, that sucked. Patriots score, there's the game. Moving on to the Panthers and the Giants. The Giants can't turn two early turnovers into more than a field goal, but outlast the Panthers 1916 in a field goal fest. Seven field goals pace the scoring this one, including two 50-plus yard ones from Giants from <coughs> Gano. The last one, a 56-yarder to put the Giants ahead for good and to start the season 2-0. and oh. Who would have thought? Are the Panthers bad or are the Giants okay? I think they're both the same level. Okay. One team was less bad today? Well, yeah, one was just less bad today. Yeah, I mean, one of them is 2-0, oh, one of them is 0-2. Oh yeah. Jets and the Browns, the Jets score 14 unanswered points in the last minute 30 and shock the Browns, winning 31 to 30 despite a three touchdown performance from Nick Chubb. Joe Flacco throws for four touchdowns, two to rookie Garrett Wilson, and another two rookie running back Brees Hall. So I'm watching this game. Had a long weekend. I went car shopping. It was very long, okay? Had to return a rental. Come sit down. I'm like, sweet. The Browns are, are going to win this. In hand, my fantasy team's got Nick Chubb. He is rolling. I fall asleep. Fall asleep midway through the third quarter. I wake up, the game's over. I'm like, oh, the Browns must have won that. Scrolling through. What in the hell? (laughs) 
how did that happen? So I will say Garrett Wilson is phenomenal. He looks fantastic. And I know he's a high state and I'm a high state homer. But like, what a bright shining star on a shit team. Joe Flacco, Falco, whatever you want to call him. Flacco. He is like hot and cold. When he's on, man, he's he's the Joe we know. But when he is off, woo. I think he's age i think that comes a lot i've seen with like older quarterbacks to be honest it seems yeah. like when they're you like oh yeah back in old form but when they start sucking they can get down the toilet quick right and nick chubb wrong team we gotta get him somewhere else i really want to see him I, sure no, i don't even care Steelers, chargers anywhere 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 Good but grief. cleveland yeah uh, and next, we have the Colts-Jaguars. The Jags recovered from last week's loss to the Commanders. Dum, 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 dum. Shutting out the hapless Colts 24 nothing. Matt Ryan throws three interceptions without number one wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. And Jonathan Taylor only totals 54 yards on nine carries. Trevor Lawrence, on the so other hand, tosses two touchdowns on 235 yards passing. What happened to Michael Pittman? I, I, I saw he was injured, and then he wasn't playing. I don't know what the injury was, but that's what I saw. Sorry, he's my. I'm sorry, I missed a lot of like the day games because I was at the other. So, but he's on my fantasy team. So go on, Jim. You're gonna say something. I I'm gonna bring in. This is week two. I feel like I let everybody go on the week one uh, conspiracy theory, but now it's time. I uh, was scrolling through TikTok this morning, and I uh, I got some some messages from a, a loyal viewer who said, look at this. And it was like, the NFL has leaked the script. And it was, the Colts will be upset by the Jaguars and the Broncos will cover the 10-point spread. And I thought both of those were full of shit. Here we are. Where was this leaked from? Like, what was the I don't know. I'm, I don't know, but I'm going to follow this, this TikTok account. I feel like this is going to be a thing. The Illuminati is going to prove the NFL's right. So this is the Illuminati's TikTok. Or it you might the- be. I think this is a, some a, a somebody inside the circle. Who would have thought the Jaguars would have upset the Colts today? Uh, I mean, the Colts did not look good last week. Themselves. Yeah. This they is the Jaguars. Okay, the Jaguars, I mean, yeah, they suck, but. Nate, thoughts? I'm I'm a Colts fan. I'm hitting the panic button, and I'm hitting it hard. (laughs) I mean, Houston and Jacksonville, two divisional opponents that you should have beat. That roster is too good to lose and tie to those two teams. When you go and get Matt Ryan, who has all the experience in the world, you got Jonathan Taylor. That's enough said. Sure, Pittman was out, and, and Shaq Leonard was out. But still, you got Gilmore on your corner. You've got Quentin Nelson on the line, who's supposed to be one of the best linemen in the league. I don't know what's going on, if it's a Frank Wright thing or what it is, but Indy better get it together. Or Pat McAfee's going to be on suicide watch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Not wrong. Next, we have the Dolphins and the Ravens. The Dolphins – 
down three touchdowns at the half and come all the way back with a two a last minute touchdown pass to beat the Ravens and send Baltimore guru Keith into hiding this week, winning 42 to 38, despite a huge game from Lamar Jackson, led the team in passing and rushing. Also alongside an opening kickoff return touchdown from Devin DuVernay to with 469 yards passing six touchdowns as the Dolphins open up the season 2-0. Interesting fact, the Ravens become the first team in 12 years to lose a game in the fourth quarter in which they led by 21 or more points. Previous teams were 711 and goose egg until today. Illuminati. Was that on the TikTok, Jim? It was not. Although this game made me and Alex look like geniuses from the betting episode, because yes. we both said, stay the hell away from this game. It is too volatile. So Maybe we're the Illuminati. We could be. Maybe the, maybe the people who write the NFL script listen to our betting episode. Could be. Mm-hmm. Could mm-hmm. be. That's really the most plausible thing that's been said so far, I think. I Literally, when I saw the score of this game and the Ravens were up, I was like, did Alex and I mess up? Should we have done this? Like, and then I saw the end of it. And I was like, ha ah, victory. No, I don't think I'll bet against the Dolphins this whole year. Yeah, me either. I agree. Mm-hmm. Bucks Saints in a game that saw a little offense in the first three quarters with the team's trading field goals. The Bucks come out on top in the second half, winning 20 to 10. But the real fireworks come when Mike Evans defends Tom Brady with Marshawn Lattimore chirping in his face. Evans comes in with a Jim Ross, my God, shove, and both are rejected. Not the first time they do have uh, exchange pleasantries. They, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they got some real beef between those two guys. I did not realize that, that that was a thing, like, prior to today. Yeah, they showed a clip, I don't remember how many years ago it was, when James was still at Tampa Bay, and he's tapping Lattimore on the shore and pointing somewhere, and here comes Mike Evans, like a bat out of hell, and just bulldozes him like he did today. I want to talk more about this in the BBB section. The what? The BBB section, the whole the reason what? Nate's here. BBF. The part where we talk to Nate. <laughs> the part where we talk to Nate? Is that a new... Uh... <laughs> Nate, how are you feeling about the Bucks right now? Uh, glad they're 2-0, especially with all the injuries they have. They just need to get healthy. I mean, Julio not dressing today, it's like, come on, dude. you got to stay healthy for at least a couple of weeks before you get hurt. Um but then I know Worfs was coming in a little banged up. Leonard Fournette came in banged up. I think Mike Evans' calf was fine based on that charge he took to <laughs> Lattimore. And then I think their left tackle was going to be out a couple of weeks. They said it's going to be a pain tolerance thing, and I believe they said he hyperextended it last week. So, I mean, they've got two really tough games coming up too. So, talking to my dad today, he's like, you know, if they can just get two and two or three and one to the first four because they've got Green Bay next week and then i got kansas city so their first four to six games are really going to be battle tested there we go from the fan himself yeah next commanders lions lions are one-on-one after taking the commanders out back like an old yeller novel winning 36 27 outscore washington 22 nothing in the first half jared goff there's four touchdowns against carson Wentz's three in this one as m on st raw Brown shows he may be a viable threat week to week for the Lions, leading the team in both rushing and receiving while accounting for two touchdowns. Alex, are the Lions a real Super Bowl contender now? Well, don't ask Alex. 
Don't you dare ask Alex. No, I no, just no. did. I just did. Alex did not bet them week one. I picked him to be in the freaking Super Bowl. I literally said, you don't have to win week one to be in the Super Bowl. Muff asked me if I considered them a Super Bowl contender still. Yes, I do. Also, his name is Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon St. Brown. <laughs> but I held that one in. Drugs you're getting from the hospital, I might need some to be that insane. What? You, Detroit is not going to make the Super Bowl. I don't know what drugs you got from the hospital. All right, Alex. Okay. Sorry, but Alex. I'm, back. I'm riding with you. I'm going to bet Detroit every week. Let's go Detroit. They got us. They want us money this week. Detroit money line points, whatever spreads. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to put money down on Detroit in some form or fashion every week. In no way, form or fashion. <laughs> this is how you don't win at betting. Got it. I, I'm two and zero with with Detroit. Two and zero. Detroit is two and zero covered. Okay. Just looking ahead, just so you got a outlook. Next week, Detroit goes to Minnesota. It's going to be tough. <laughs> but he didn't say he was taking a money line. Nate, did you know there's a Metallica song? Just a, a song? Yes, I knew there was a Metallica song. And and that's what that coach uses, is Metallica motivation. Okay? And that's what we're going to do. Metallica motivation. That's what we're going to do. Ooh, speaking of some people that need Metallica motivation... Seahawks Niners. Trey Lance goes down early in this one with an ankle injury that appears <coughs> will keep him out for the season. Yeah, he's going to have San Fran has to be counting like our stars. They held on to Jimmy G, who comes out and does what he does, guiding the 49ers to a victory, 27-7. to Was this a Gumby injury? Did anybody actually see the play? Because I just saw him coming off the field. All I no, I, I, I saw the replay. It was a slight Gumby. It probably is. Uh... I saw they said they put his right leg in an air cast before they took him off the field. Uh, yucky. That will do. Usually it. they're a little floppy when that happens. Alex, how did Geno Smith do? He, I don't know what his stat line was, but it wasn't good the first time I looked. I mean, obviously, they did not win. I looked early. Again, Who didn't was win? Driving. The Seahawks with Geno Smith. Oh, okay, okay. Hold on. We have the line was 197 yards. Not bad. 24 for 30, 197 yards, one interception, sacked twice. There it is, folks. I'll take it. That's a big Ben line. I'll take it. I'll take it. Of course you will. You're a West Virginia fan. Okay. Next. I'm sorry, but in a loss, when you have seven, you've scored seven points, you wouldn't take 197 yards with only six incompletions. Not terrible. You'll take anything. Except for a win. The Falcons and the Rams. The Rams return to form in this one using Matthew Stafford's arm to get on top early and never let go, even though they really, really tried, winning 31-27 to over the Falcons. The Falcons score 17 points in the final quarter to make it close. Hot take. Rams don't see the Super Bowl this year. Is that a hot take? Well, we all had the Rams, did we not? Hmm. Uh, no, I had the Bills. Mine was Bills Lions. I think it was yeah, the Bills. I think we had I think the Bills. I... You're right. I take that all back. We had well, the, the, Bills. the Bills are in the other side. Yep. So, Bills versus Rams is the viable option. I'm no. pretty sure. 
We'll have to go back to the records. I'm pretty sure we were on the Rams, Muff, me and you. The Bills and the Rams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So it is kind of a hot take if I say they're not making it. I hate when there's, like, they don't tell me what the actual injury is. It just says broken ankle. I want to know, like, the beats. Sorry. That's for all the dumb dumb people in medical talk out there, Alex. Broken ankle, good enough for us. Yeah. Yeah, We're now two games back. I know. Cardinals versus Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders score early and often, getting out to a 20 to nothing halftime lead against the FaZe Clan or Cardinals for all those who don't follow Kyler Murray in his gaming endeavor. Uh, But Murray does play Call of Duty joystick action in the second half and forces overtime against the Raiders 23 23 before the Cardinals force a fumble on a Hunter Renfro completion inside field goal range, winning 29 to 23 despite an almost not top 10 moment by Byron Murphy Jr. as he almost lets go of the ball before crossing the goal line on the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Cardinals, 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 covering machines. Do we owe Muff an apology or are we just going to move on? I'm just going to move on. He got well, lucky that I'll get the apology. Did you see Kyle? What? I will get the apology in the betting show. That's true. Did you see the – um? The Murray scramble for the two-point conversion, 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah. 20 seconds. They they uh the stat people like broke it down. He ran 84 yards but with his scrambling. Was that a two-point play or was that the touchdown? Because both of them he scrambled. Two was, point the first two-point conversion. Yeah, there were two two or two two-point conversions, Nate. This was the first okay. one where he ran 84 yards. And then he scrambled for the touchdown, but that wasn't 20 seconds or the scrambling. Okay, yeah, I always saw the overtime one. The one to force overtime? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was not as long. But Cardinals cover. End of story. Texans Broncos. Russ is still learning how to cook in Mile High, and the fans let him know about it, bringing out the Boobers in the first half after they head into the locker room tied at six. Wilson comes out in the second half and leads the only touchdown drive of the game, and the Broncos win 16-9. to A couple injuries. Jerry Judy, Patrick Satan, Hurt. Russ is making like a, a bowl of cereal here. He's trying to make he's trying to make he's trying to grill ramen at my high. Yeah, he, he's not gourmet right now. You know what I mean? Well, and he and the rest of them need to realize that's not Peyton Manning walking back in as a new quarterback. It's Russell Wilson. Amen. Amen. Jerry Judy and Patrick Sertan are hurt. What kind of hurt are they, Jim? They got uh, shoulder injuries, both of them. Are these significant shoulder injuries? I believe so. Especially Judy, I believe, is is definitely significant. There is the curse of the Denver wide receivers coming back again. Yes. Yes. Bengals-Cowboys, Cincinnati still can't protect Joe Burrow, and it's starting to become a big problem as they can't notch any first-half touchdowns in the Cowboys. Huge. Huge. 17-3 lead into halftime, surviving a late surge by the Bengals, who start the season 0-2, Cowboys win 2017 on a last-second field goal drive led by Prescott's replacement, Cooper Rush. This is another team that needs to smash that panic button. Yes. And the Bengals? Yes. I disagree. How many sacks has that been given up in two games? Is that 12, 13, 14? I don't think it's a panic button yet. They had – the last time I checked, they had six sacks in the third quarter. I think if – I think if the week three is the same thing, panic button. I'm giving them one more week to get their shit together. Okay. 
Well, looking ahead, they play uh, the Jets next week. Yeah, so it's going to be a breather. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. A little breathing week. And then they'll get the motor running. So uh, there are some very, very good stats out there that teams that start the season 0-2 have a very, very slim chance of not just winning a division, but also making the playoffs and progressing in the playoffs. So panic button, hit it hard, Jim. I mean, they played the Steelers and the Cowboys. That's two killer defenses to come up against. Oh, so the Steelers have a killer defense? I, I, yeah, I'm not knocking that. Have I ever talked shit on the Steelers defense? Mm, not sure. Not Can't recall. Can't time, so. Thank you. Yeah. And Micah Parsons, Penn State product. There we go, Jim. Way to go. Fair enough. Pennsylvania. So that wraps up Thursday and Sunday slate. Uh, we, as we typically do, live look in at the Bears Packers. Nate, how are we looking? We are currently on a commercial break with Chicago just scoring to go up seven to three. Are you want to talk about panic button? Let's see the pack lose this one. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah if they lose this one. I think it is time to panic. And Bakhtiari is still out. That's so basically, crazy. everyone who's zero and two Nate, has said we'll hit the panic button. Yes. They, they, they thought they would be contenders this year. Yes. Other teams okay. that didn't expect so, to be contenders. We had teams that aren't going to. I sent you guys this before. So Jaguars, Jets, Lions, Giants all win today. So again, not 0 and 2. It's first time in 3,934 days that all these teams have won on the same day. Wow. The Illuminati. Pretty intense. So. We have 12 years that the Ravens screwed up, and then you have a 11, about 11 year stint with that stat right there. So, if you going back for a split second to the Dolphins, because I forgot that I had written this statistic and I wanted to bring it up Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. This is why I won't bet against the Miami Dolphins this year. Their line today was 22 catches, 361 yards, and four touchdowns between just the two of them. Here we go. Crazy. Monday night preview. We have two Monday night games this week. <laughs> Titans Bills, Vikings Eagles. How are we feeling about the Titans Bills game? Nate. The Bills look the way they did last Thursday night. Give me the Bills to cover that 10 points easy. Yeah, I have money on the Bills covering. Jim? Yeah, I, I'm probably going to hit up Muffnack. If I end up losing, I should probably hit up Muffnack, put a little money on there, get get some money back. If Jim's going to bet on it, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> That's fair. Vikings Eagles. I I think I think I have a bet. I think I have a bet. I thought it was a best bet, but it's not uh, on the under in this game. It was not on my slate, so I put the bet down. Not what sure. Was it? Do you remember? Uh, I got it at like forty nine and a half, and it's at forty seven and a half now. People so, agree with you. People, people. I was on the correct side of that line movement. Uh, other Monday night action with the Vikings taking on the Eagles. I, I think it's a good game. Yeah, no, I agree. I wouldn't touch this betting wise, probably, uh, especially with the lines. But I think it'd be a good game to watch. Let's go Vikings. I'm against you on this one. Come on, James, we're gonna do it right. It's 
Skull. That's true. Skull. That's true. Wait. What? Skull. Is that really? That's the chant. Skull? S-K-O-L. Oh. It's a Nordic chant, if I remember correctly. I did I did not know that about the that situation. I thought we were saying skull like skull ring. Like tobacco. A true West Virginia. <laughs> true West Virginia, right? So, so today, speaking of West Virginia, today I'm in this game and we're in this like kind of like box seat type area. And I like walk up to see what kind of beer they have, and I'm like, oh, they don't have any bush light. <laughs> and uh my friend Caitlin was like, We're in the champions club, like you do not need a bush light. I'm like, okay, you're right, I'll find something else. So I get something else. So then we go in and she's like, are you going to, she's like, I don't really want the rest of the soft pretzel. Do you want it? And I was like, I'll, I'll take it and I'll save it. And I just like shoved it in my pocket. And she's like, we are not in Morgantown. I was like, why? I'm not going to waste the freaking pretzel. I'm going to put in my cargo. Why do you wear cargo pants? You ain't going to store stuff in there for later. Guess That's what? Like the rest of the Marco Boli thing when McAfee sent him a, yeah. what he sent him a stuff in Rudy, his pocket for four hours. Rudy, Rudy subs because Pat McAfee worked there for like a day when he was in high school. Yeah. Uh, this is why I don't want t shirts because I don't want you representing us acting <laughs> a fool with a bush light and a, and a pretzel coming out of the pocket. Good grief. This is exactly why we need Alex representing us. Guess what? Draw attention. Reporter, I was like, you know what I want? A little bit of a snack. So I got my pretzel out of my pocket. Oh, I ate God. It. And the, guy, the uh, man I worked with, his wife looked over at me. She goes, What's that? I was like, My pocket pretzel. And then I was like, Stop talking. My about pocket me. pretzel. Sports stuff with Jim and Muff pocket pretzels. And that wraps up NFL Week One <laughs> Breakdown. It's now time for the college football breakdown. Week, what are we, week three? This is week three, isn't it? Week three officially. <laughs> week yeah. three plus zero or zero plus three, I guess. We're going to go with week three. Uh, number one, Georgia dominates South Carolina 48 to seven. If anybody says Georgia's not going for the national title, they're high. Did Georgia, you think that was happening at the beginning of the season? I, I don't know how anybody doesn't like just automatically give them the here you go, you're in. They got to go run through Alabama. And I tell you what, if they were to lose to Alabama, they're still in. Lose to Alabama by a score or less. I don't care if they lose by two. I think the people in the committee will. I think they're dumb. You've already, we've already discussed that and agree, though. And, and I mean, in all, in all reality, and we'll get to the other games, in all reality, Georgia is a bunch of men out there playing football. Oh, yeah. So Georgia is my pick for at least going to the national championship. Number two, Alabama takes on UL Monroe, beats them 63 to 7. Shocker. Yeah. Moff, you could take this next one. I'm not speaking on that moron. Debo Sweeney shows off the wheels, running onto the field as number five Clemson beats Louisiana Tech 48 to 20. I thought he was going to fall. It reminded me of like one of those little kids running. You know, like little kids start running downhill on concrete. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa you're going to fall. That's how I felt ever watching him do that. You mean like the guy in the Ohio State band last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jim. It's funny. Yeah. WD people don't do it. It's just funny every time. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I literally felt like when, like, my little brothers would run down the, the 
slope driveway and it always made me like cringe. Ugh. Number, Number seven, s- you go ahead. Oh, that's all you want to do? I just, I'm not gonna say about. his name. Okay. I like how we're just not talking about the game, but the fact that he uh wait, bigger than sports. I did see a thing where Louisiana Tech so Clemson had a uh a lineman whose sister passed away of cancer, 15-year-old sister, and Louisiana Tech's each player on their team wrote a handwritten letter to this player because he could he opted not to play to like stay with his family and i guess Dabo was like really cool about it like gave him the option they were each wrote him a handwritten letter and like delivered them to him i thought that was really bigger than sports move nice nice all right number seven usc continues their strong start beating fresno state 45 to 17 in the 1 a.m game yeah, I fell asleep long before this was over. It was a 10.30 game. Good grief. Like, I just love one a.m. I wanted to watch it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but when you get to through the Iowa game, which is any Iowa games, like taking That's muscle right. relaxers and putting yourself to sleep, you're not getting to the USC game. Not here on the East Coast. So not going to happen. Fun thing about being in Colorado last NFL Sunday was – the game started at 11. Oh, get up. Pretty cool. Went to Top Golf, watched the first games. Nice. That's pretty Still cool. had most of the day left for you. That is nice. So you're saying we should move to Colorado? I'm saying that it's a whole different ball game watching football over there. Hmm. So, Jim. Yes. What does USC have to do for you to get on board? I'm not going to do it. Not They have to beat somebody like that's legit. Hold on. Talk about the next game, and I'll tell you. Okay. Number nine, Kentucky starts 3-0 as they beat Youngstown State 31-0. Youngstown State Penguins, right? Isn't that them? They are the Penguins. You are correct. Yes. So, Alex, to answer your question, October 8th, they play Washington State, and October 15th, they play Utah. If they come out of both those games with decisive – well, if they decisively beat Washington State, and they win against Utah, I will call them contenders. Okay. What are those games? What's that? What are those games? October 8th and October 15th. What do they do before then? They play Oregon State and Arizona State. The Beavers are no one to be overlooked. Yeah, I don't care. Those two games are my my test games for them. Okay. Number 10, Arkansas survives a slow start and upset minded Missouri State team, winning 38-27. Thanks to outscoring the Bears twenty-one to three in the fourth quarter. If Missouri, yeah, if Missouri State had won that game, we would have that would have shook the SEC pretty good. Because you're looking Ooh. at Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Georgia. What what would it have shook? Well, there the SEC talk is that it's Alabama and Georgia's, mm-hmm. and then it's the fight at the bottom, and everybody just kind of puts. Tennessee and Kentucky below Arkansas. Like it's Arkansas and then the field. If Arkansas had lost, it would have busted the three spot open for who's the third team in the SEC. Kentucky, the better ranked team right now. That's not what's that's not what everybody's saying on TV, Muff. That is not what everybody's saying. They say uh, I disagree with the ton the pundits on ESPN. I agree Jim. with you too. I agree with you too. I do not believe Tennessee is the third team. But I think that's Kentucky not- is. Yes, I agree with you. But the people on TV 
That, that's the talk. And I guess when you have two powerhouses at the top, what else are you going to talk about on SEC channels? That's fair. So is Arkansas a contender, Jim? Yes, I believe Even so. though they only beat Missouri State by 11 and almost lost to them. They're better you, than half than, of – Than USC? Yeah. I think you went to Colorado and did some things. Uh, <laughs> number 25, Oregon sticks it to number 12, BYU, 41 to 20. Does this mean the Ducks are back on track? No. They definitely they, lost they some bets. They lost some bets for the crew here. They did. Yeah. Nate, what do you think? I don't think Oregon has enough opportunities to really get back from that Georgia game where they got throttled. Yeah. Or are we going to say, and to how we started this, Georgia is that damn good? They are that damn good. I, I think there's something to be said about Georgia and anybody they beat right now. Like, if they smoked Oregon and Oregon beats BYU like this, I fear Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, another bigger than sports moment. Good on BYU for honoring Oregon player Spencer Webb, who fell to his death this offseason by putting a bouquet of flowers on the field and running out onto the field with an Oregon flag, Oregon University of Oregon flag that had Webb's name and number on it. Good on him. Good on him. Number 24, Texas A&M recovers after the loss last week to App State, beating number 13, Miami, 17-9. I think Oregon should jump them, even after beating Miami. The AP polls are out, so, I mean, we can – Yeah, I haven't looked at it yet. Me neither. But if I – we don't – here on the show, we don't rank it for, what, until the committee ranks it? Yeah, that's usually when we start doing our top ten. Yeah, so – we're not going to talk about it, but if I had, if I was a voter, Oregon's better than Texas A&M, frankly, because I hate Jimbo Fisher. I don't know if Oregon's better than Texas A&M, but I think that they, at the, I don't know. If you look at it, yeah, I would say Oregon deserves to be above Texas A&M, but I don't necessarily know that they're the better football team. Fair enough. Number 14, Utah puts away San Diego State 35-7. to how much does Utah have to win by week in and week out to become relevant in championship talks again this season? Four scores. I'm okay with 35-7 for this one. That's four scores. Yeah, they right. consistently have to win by four plus scores every game. Yeah, to even yeah they need to blow out. To even yes. sniff, to even sniff the top eight mm-hmm. at this point, right? Yes. Well, they would have to be like a USC. And they got to beat the dog shit out of USC. Not the dog shit. I think they just have to beat USC. No, I think they need to beat because Florida. Florida's not having a good run. Florida beat them, and Florida looks bad. Yeah. All right. Nate? Well, Jim, you said Utah plays USC October fifteenth. Yeah. Is that, so are they in the two separate divisions, so they could see each other again in December? I think so. Yes, that's true. That is true. Good point. So you don't, they don't have to beat them bad. They just have to beat them twice. More than yes. likely. Yeah, that's fair. Next up. That. Number 15, Tennessee does a job against Akron, 63-6. to six. I think number, that's a good win for Tennessee. I disagree. Akron is not a slouch slouch. Tennessee beats them 63-6. to six. Akron is not a slouch slouch. No, I don't think so. 
why are they not a slouch slouch? I need something for you to back this up, not just because they're a team from Ohio. I think they're a unique school that, that scores at least two touchdowns, even on Ohio State. Is this, just, that, is this just setting you up to defend Toledo scoring points on Ohio State later? There's no defense there. That's my point. There's no defense there. I don't think Toledo should have scored those points. I think Akron typically can score, on, especially on a Tennessee. Like, this is a good showing for Tennessee. Okay. Number 18, Florida beats USF 31-28. It was come from behind when two, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yep, and that's what I mean. Florida does not look good. This puts Tennessee – I mean, that win against – that win for Tennessee looks way, way better than this win for Florida. Yep, I concur. But I'll tell you what, with all those players from Florida that go D1, you never know what's going to happen when you get those in-state games. I mean, yeah. you get Florida Florida State, South Florida, Miami. I mean, that's a good that's point. That's going to be a top turn and you're out. That's a good point. I agree. Number 19, Wake Forest survives Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. 37-36. Yeah. yeah. Nothing else to say, I don't think, really. Yeah. Number 20, Ole Miss blanks Georgia Tech 42 nothing. I like Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss. I think they'll be there at the end, shocking the world. I think they'll catch somebody. You know their quarterback's not there anymore, right? I, I still NFL like now. Ole Miss. Okay. I'm still a fan. Fan of them or fan of Lane Kiffin? Ooh. I like Lane Kiffin, but I also like Ole Miss. I'm a fan of the powder blue jerseys, I will say. All right. And number 23, Pitt puts a win on the board this week, beating Western Michigan 34 to 13. That's right. Okay. This Abs- was this was yeah. ugly though, too, in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and non-top 25 action before we get into the Big Ten and Alex, drum roll. We're gonna talk about the Big 12 too. App State pulls off a miracle in Boone, North Carolina, winning on a last second Hail Mary. Over the Trojans of Troy, 28-26 with the college game day hype. Alex, I just want you to know. Long neck, ice cold beard, never broke my heart. Like diamond rings. Oh, work, that work. Nice. I was into that game, or they just see the Hail Mary. I just saw the Hail Mary. I was not watching that game otherwise. Ultimate choke job. (laughs) Honestly. I loved watching game day in somewhere different in Boone. It was fun. You could, I mean, those people were pumped to be there. Three kids got full rides for a whole year I just, for having I good just, signs. Yeah. They were only supposed to pick one, and they brought up, like, the top three, like, contenders, and they announced the winner, and everyone's like, woohoo. And then they're like, oh, we actually have something for the other two, too. And they're like, they decided that you guys were good. Jesus, they're paying everyone for a year. I was like, that would be awesome. That is pretty sweet. And kids were hyped. I mean, it, the, those kids had camped out since the day before at like 9.30 a.m. to get seats. Like, when you, I feel like when you go to an app state, you don't think like, oh, college game day may be here. So it's like a surprise, cool experience. They talked a lot about the area down there and stuff. Overall, I, I just thought it was a cool week, week to them. Jim, do you Good know on. why we were even singing that song? Do you know the reason? Luke Combs was on there. He went to app state. Yeah, I know. Yes. So I forget that Muff can't see me sometimes. I'm like, I don't think he knew that. I knew that. Our guys, Coastal Carolina, beat Buffalo 30-26. I feel good about that. That's good stuff. The Shanties, the Chanticleers, doing their thing. Notre Dame gets their first one of the season, beating Cal 24-17. But 
let's not bury the lead here. Who all saw that clip where the offensive coordinator was just absolutely lambasting their quarterback? It's on our story. backup quarterback. Yeah. It's on our story. Backup quarterback. Well, it won't be on there tomorrow, but. Good stuff. Good stuff. You want to know what else? Go ahead, Alex. No, I was going to rub some more salt in the Notre Dame wound. Um, Marshall actually got beat by Bowling Green this week. (laughs) Oh, buddy. You didn't have to do much lip reading in that one, just so we're all clear. No, you did not. To do his bleeping job. Do it. Do it to it. Next, let's get into the Big Ten rundown. Number three, Ohio State explodes offensively, handling Toledo 77 to 21. Jim, your thoughts on the Buckeyes? The amount of points and that offense, very explosive. I think a running back got hurt. We still have another running back. Hell, we got four running backs. We have tons of receivers. CJ Shroud is fantastic. The offense is already, I mean, the story's been written. Defensively, they are gaga over this defensive coordinator, but they let 21 points go on the board from a Toledo team that gouged them deep. Toledo, not an Alabama, not a Clemson, not a Michigan, not a Penn State, who, by the way, and we're going to get to that, looked lights out against Auburn. If I'm an Ohio State fan or I'm Ryan Day, I'm nervous. That's how I feel. Fair enough. Number four, Michigan blanks, Connecticut, 59 to nothing. Alex, you still want to talk about Connecticut? Nope. I didn't take them this week. I know. I heard about it. I was re-tempted by them, but I didn't take them. Jim talked you out of that one, I believe. No, I don't know why. I think I just like UConn, so I want them to be good. And I don't know why. Dumb. They can be good during basketball season, Alex, not during football season. Yes. Number six, Oklahoma takes advantage of a post-frost era in Nebraska, winning 49-14. to Yeah. Defensive coordinator got fired. Largest lopsided victory for Oklahoma in the Oklahoma versus Nebraska rivalry since 1991. I wanted to take Oklahoma because I was like – but I was just afraid yeah. enough to not. But I didn't. I, Nebraska didn't show me anything with or without Scott Frost. It makes me feel like they're like scary. And if we're blaming this on the defensive coordinator, why didn't we let Scott Frost fire the defensive coordinator <laughs> and save seven million dollars? I think they're just trying anything they possibly can to be like, we're trying, fans. We swear. I have to imagine that Frost brought in the defensive coordinator and they didn't want to fire him both at the same time. You get one week. You get one week. One week. And by the way, you're playing number six Oklahoma. One week. Yeah. Okay. This is bad. We'll move on. Washington upsets number 11 Michigan State 39 to 28. Should we be giving the Pac-12 more credit right now? Yes. Absolutely yes. That takes a big man to say that, Jim. Wait, pump the brakes. You don't think that USC is a contender, but you want to give the Pac-12 more credit. Elaborate. I am not giving the USC the roses until they prove they deserve the roses. Washington just upset Michigan State. 
Yes. The weeks before, Pac-12 teams are upsetting teams that should not be upset. Wisconsin got beat by a Pac-12 team, if I'm, if I'm right. The Pac-12 as a whole are beating teams they should not be beating. USC has not beat anybody they shouldn't beat. As a okay. conference, they're showing out. Okay. I thought Washington State was the betting favorite in that game. Or, sorry, Washington was the betting favorite in that game. They were. So can we call it an upset? Yeah. AP, according to the AP, we can. Yeah. yeah. Vegas may not no, have felt the same way, but the AP did, said this is an upset. Now, I did see, too, they said Washington – and all three of their games have combined for over 500 yards of total offense. Ooh, find that betting line. Um, moving on to number 22, Penn State goes into Auburn and comes away with a 41 to 20 win. I got to watch the second half of this game, which was the more exciting one overall. Um, and I will say that Nick Singleton is going to be a dude at running back for them. And Sean Clifford needs just to hold on to the show and let them do their thing. Go ahead, Jim. Spoken like a man who doesn't think James Franklin's at the wheel. Go on. I agree with that entire entire segue. <laughs> that was fantastic. I think that Penn State has the potential and the weapons to be a threat. I mean, they handled Auburn. I watched the second half <laughs> as well. Great, great game. They looked lights out. The defense, great defense. It was as if they took Franklin's headset away. It was like they were like, hey, we're going to give you the Joe Paw and the late, later stages of his life treatment, and you're just going to stand there and look good, okay? We got this. That's what it looked like. And if that, they win, do that. Do that all the time. What, what does Penn State have to do for Jen Franklin not to be on your, your hiring seat? Nothing. I want him fired. Why? They have to go win the national title, Bob. Because he's made so many blunders. That's why. Okay. All right. So Illinois disposes of Northwestern 31 to 24. The Salukis beat Wildcats. We fire mm. Scott Frost, but we probably will give an extension to what's his face in Northwestern. Because oh, he's Northwestern through and through. Okay. That's a graduation rate thing right there, Jim. Can't we just make some trades? Can't we do some, like, redividing of the conferences? Like, we're going to take Cal and USC. We'll grab a Washington. We'll give a Northwestern and a Rutgers. Like, can't we make some swapping? So you want to make a super conference? Yes. That's but it, But it has to be the Big Ten. Yes. I don't care what we call it. <laughs> Northwestern gets beat by Southern Illinois, and it's like, nah, okay. Syracuse starts 3-0 this season, beating Purdue 32-29. to I'm a big Syracuse guy, but being, beating a Big Ten team, there's another issue. Good grief. <laughs> See, I, I, was, I was a little bit on the Purdue track. I thought Purdue was going to get Syracuse this, this week. I'm glad you didn't bet it. Me too, because I almost did. I was damn close. You're welcome. Indiana squeaks out a win win over the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, 33-30 in overtime. 
Jim. Any initial Jim. thoughts? More to come in the betting episode, but initial More thoughts? To come. More to come. This <laughs> makes me angry. Okay. Rutgers improves to 3 0 after a 16 14 win over Temple. Is the Penn State rivalry renewed? We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't joke about it too much, just on the off chance that somehow <laughs> Penn State loses, you're going to have to hear about it even more. Oh my God. Let me tell you, those you two have to, teams like, the breaks come in. Some... If they meet both undefeated and Rutgers wins muff, I'm going to Happy Valley and I'm starting the chance to fire him. <laughs> I will have I will get a vacation day. I am going. I will have a sign. I'll be a one-man show up there. Do we have this all marked down? I will take the podcast with me. I'll have, I got the mic. I'll be interviewing people that walk to class. But like, should we fire Jay Franklin? It'll be a thing. There's a preacher out there who's out there like every day preaching that you should probably team up with. See if you can get him aboard. We'll, he's, we'll a, go. He's, he's a viral sensation in Penn, in Penn State uh, social media world. I swear to God, Muff, if the Rutgers and Penn State are undefeated and Rutgers beats Penn State, I'm going to Happy Valley. You should go with me. I, I probably would just to see what happens. Oh, <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota I'll talks dress up like all black and just follow at a distance. That's good. <laughs> you can get the you can get the behind the scenes scoop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Minnesota tosses the Buffaloes of Colorado over a cliff, 49-7. Good for them. Row the boat. Yeah. All wins. Wisconsin goes back to what they do best, beating New Mexico State 66 to 7. Beating teams they should beat. That's it. Iowa wins another low scoring game, beating Nevada 27 to nothing after three separate lightning wow. delays. This game ended at like one or after. Yeah. One. More on the betting show. God said, listen, they've scored too many points. We need to slow it back down. Lightning, 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 lightning. That's very true, I think. Uh, Maryland gets ready for Big Ten play, improving to 3-0 after a 34-27 win over SMU, outscoring the Mustangs 14-0 in the fourth quarter to get the win. Good win for Maryland. Yeah. Good Good wins. Alex? Big 12 talk. Now relinquish the show to you to talk about the Big 12, since we'll give you a little platform since you're a Big 12 fan. Make it quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll belabor this. Just kidding. Oklahoma State taking care of business against Arkansas Pine Bluff. What a game. 63-7. I just wanted to see Jim's face. Number 16, NC State, unfortunately, beats Texas Tech 27-14. to Number 17, Baylor, gets back on the winning side of things after losing to BYU last week, winning 42-7 to over Texas State. 21, Texas. Comes out, Jim, after losing to Bama last week, winning 41 to 20 against the Roadrunners of UTSA. Can Texas sustain without Quinn yours? Maybe. Nah. They almost, they almost lost this one. What? Like in the I beginning, mean, they I were think, down. I think you're right. At the beginning, it took a minute to, to get clipping along, but Bijan Robinson's good. I mean, he's going to help not having Quinn yours, but having him. WVU finally posts their first win of the season, dispatching of the Towson, 65 to 7. I don't even know what they're called, Towson something, 65 to 7. There is very little consolation to that win, but I'm just glad we have one in the win category. I like that we won big. If we'd have won that game like 30 to 7, I would have been losing my holy shit. 
Is Neil Brown still in a hot seat? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Basically, if he does not, if he loses to Virginia Tech next week, I will be going to morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you should, Alex. You should. No, if he if we lose to Virginia Tech next week, he's dead to me. Kansas continues its hot start, beating Dana Holgerson-led Houston Cougars 48-30. to this, this gives me a little bit of consolation from last week because I, Kansas isn't bad. Kansas has been bad for years and years, but Kansas is not currently a bad team. They're not still, we should have beat them, but they are not as bad as Kansas of old. Yeah, the Houston players got into fisticuffs on the sideline at this game when one of the receivers coming off the field after an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty with his helmet off and another wide receiver taking offense to the whole situation amidst the Cougars free fall after jumping out to a 14 to nothing lead, pushing his teammate, and then they fell to the ground throwing haymakers. Good Where stuff. are you at? Where are you at, Dana? By summer drinking a Red Bull. Yes, Probably. with his crazy ass hair. So I saw a secondary video of this, and the same teammate pushed him out of the huddle towards the sideline, and then later, like 10 seconds later, followed him to the sideline and then pushed him again. I want to know what happened, like the words. But good, good for Kansas. It's NSFW right there, Alex, NSFW. And I, yes. I would like at some point for us to revisit the fact that I talked about Kansas being a better team this year and it coming true. All right. Yeah. You want your flowers. We get it. Give me my flowers, guys. And that wraps up this week's college football breakdown. This is the segment formerly known as the beanbag bop, but we're not calling it that because it's formally known as that. So. So no bop. No bop. 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 Bob, this is not the beanbag Bob, formerly known as that, because we're not calling it that. Yep. Due, due to unforeseen issues. <laughs> unforeseen. This is not that. From Dak Dartman. From Dak Dartman. Gotcha. If you are a fan of our previous segment, formerly known as, let that guy know that he's really ruined a good thing. So this is now going to be called BB. The BB segment for now until we find a better working name. But in this segment, we bring in Nate, our official referee of the show. We ask him referee questions. We get his opinion. Welcome back, Nate. Glad to have you. Glad to be back. It feels like it's been way too long. It has. It has. So the first one I want to talk about is you're a referee, mm-hmm. and you see two grown-ass men fighting. Seems like a recurring thing we have you on for. What do you do as a referee in that situation? So in that situation, whether it's coaches, whether it's players, we are always told don't get in there and put yourself in harm's way. Especially if it's players, you just step back, take out your little game card out of your shirt pocket, write down numbers and jersey colors. That way you can come back and say, all right, we're going to disqualify number 50 in white, number 14 in red, and so on and so forth. Do you have, as far as escorting them and when they get disqualified, who's in charge of making sure they leave the area? 
I mean, once the officials are on the field, we are held responsible for the players of the field. So we would be taking them off the field. However, they don't want us breaking it up and putting ourselves in there. So that's my point. So, like, you have an angry person who you've now disqualified. You also mm-hmm. have a game to ref. How do you leave the game to make sure that person leaves? Ideally, if we can, we try to de-escalate that situation by sending those players out beforehand. Like, if we see them start to get a little mouthy with each other or shoving each other late, we'll say, hey, go sit down and cool off, and we'll tell their coach, hey, take number 50 there, set them out for a couple of plays, and then send them back in. Because that's the last thing these coaches want, their kids to get disqualified. And then I think in high school, you have to miss the next game, if not the next two games. Gotcha. And, you know, in high school, you only play 10 regular season games. So missing out on one game, let alone two, is huge for some of these schools. Next topic. Similar, similar situation. Two teammates fighting, such as this Houston game. There's no real penalty for beating the shit out of your teammate. What do you do as a ref? You look over and it's no real. If it's out on the sideline, away from the play, and like you said, it's two teammates, coaches. That's all you. When we talk about when we talk about things, we should put on t-shirts. There's no real penalty for beating the shit out of your teammate. Should be in the running. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Got it. A little wordy. Lastly, Nate. <laughs> My last. So let's say a official, um, let's call it a coach, um, a player, anybody that is a part of the operation of a football game gets mad at you, the referee. What is your role as the ref? What what does that conversation look like? with that person who's mad at you? Like, is there a code of conduct for you? Like, or can you actually just lay into that person? Be like, hey, get out of my effing face. I mean, ideally, you're not just going to go up and say, get out of my effing face. You're going to try, just like any other uh, disagreement or whatever you have in real life, you're going to try to de-escalate the situation. You're not going to come in there and fight fucking fire. So, I mean, you're going to try to, if it's relating to the rules of football or anything during the game like that, you're going to explain what you saw to the coach or the player or whomever. But, yeah, if you go in there and try to fight fire with fire, it's just going to end up bad. Gotcha. But is there, like, a code of conduct for a referee? Like, these are the things that you, like, are not supposed to say? Or is it, like, common sense? Basically common sense. There's nothing in writing that says, like, don't say this, don't say that. But gotcha. I mean, th- there are, like, sometimes where they'd say, hey, like, if you're ever going to go talk to a coach, you make sure there's always two of you especially if it's like a heated situation that way if they try to say, well, Oh, well, he told me this, or he told me that you have someone else there to verify what was going on. Gotcha. You know what? I I have another, I have another scenario. I I missed you. I got a lot of things. Sure. The the topic of home cooking Mm -hmm. or uh, intentional um, targeting. So let's say that it's a high school game. You know, that there's, a player from an opposing school that like without them, this team's going to go down. So you have intentional hitting of that player. You're trying to take that player out of the game and you're, you're seeing a lot of aggression towards one player where they're Mm -hmm. trying to physically hurt that player. What role do you have to be like, Hey, we see you taking some big hits on this guy. We see the, the shit on underneath the, the pile. Let's knock that off. 
I think it goes back to the same thing like we talked about before with the fighting and whatnot is you're going to go up there, you're going to talk to the players and let them know, hey, if you see like a late hit or if you see any chirping after the play, you're going to try to do some preventative stuff. Because the last thing we want to do, especially if it's early on, is you don't want to hit someone with an unsportsmanlike because two of those and you're done. And it goes back to the same thing. You miss the next game. So you want to try to nip that in the butt as early as possible. Gotcha. And like you said, if you've got one guy on a team, especially like you usually see that in the smaller school situations where they've got one stud athlete and everybody knows that he's getting the ball. Everybody's going to try to get him out of the game, whatever. So your antenna is going to go up and say, hey, we really need to make sure here, especially in rivalry games too, because we're starting to get to that point now where the high school season's almost halfway over, where you're going to start to see some regional rivalries. So you got to be on your toes. Gotcha. Nate, I want to put you in the shoes of an NFL referee, because I know this doesn't happen in the same way in the high school ranks. Mm-hmm. And there is a pile for a fumble. Mm-hmm. What are you saying to players to get them off of the pile? Oh, because they're all digging. Because this happened it in the end of the Cardinals Raiders game. There was a pile mm-hmm. up after the Hunter ran for a fumble. And I could very much tell that there were officials in the ears, quite literally in the ears of players yelling at them and telling them to get off of the pile because they're trying to figure out who had the ball. Um, well, obviously, we all know underneath the pile, there's all sorts of very nasty things and things that people will never speak of what happens at the bottom of the pile. What would you say as an NFL official in the ear of a grown ass NFL player to make him understand that he needs to get off the pile right now? I mean, I don't know what I would tell some 280 pound, 300 pound line <laughs> get up off the ground. But I mean, I think I would say, look, dude, get up. You clearly don't have the ball. There's four or five guys under you. Just get up. But it's like same thing in high school, though. Like you get everybody there. It's like they want us to go in there and start digging. They don't want the players to start digging, but they want the officials to go in there and dig and find out who has the ball. And same thing. It's like roll off, get up, whatever. And especially it's always the guys that seem to come on late that think they're going to dive in there through two or three players and miraculously come up with the ball. Yeah, I think the guys that dive on late are just there to help give the people at the bottom of the pile more time. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's yeah. the only reason I see the people diving on. Yeah, yeah, because who knows how many times it changes mm-hmm. hands? But we try to get there as soon as possible and try to get it who initially had it. Yeah. Have you ever had? Have you ever heard of a player come out of the bottom of the huddle or a coach come to you or somebody else on your team after the fact and say, "Hey, at the bottom of the pile there was this bullshit going on. What are we going to do about it?" Um, I don't think that. I mean, there are times where coaches and players both say, "Hey." My players saying that after the play or whatever, they're getting stepped on or someone's twisting their ankle, things like that. So usually if you're working in the middle of the field or if you have a tackle over on your sideline and you hear that, you try to pay a little bit more attention to that. But at the same time, you also want to be a good dead ball official and watch what's going on around you to make sure you don't have a wide receiver or DB down the field throwing each other to the ground or anything stupid like that either. Got it. Alex, did you see anything over the weekend or at the Steeler game? Uh, so the only thing that I had was in when so there was a punt, the very first punt from the Steelers. The guy from the um, Patriots touched it, kind of like a muff, and it rolled into the end zone. 
he jumped on it. There was like some scuffle for the ball, and it ultimately ended up rolling out of the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Is it not a safety because he did not catch the ball and establish that he had caught the ball? I thought once yeah. you touched it, it was a live ball. So once you touch it, you have the kicking team could then jump on it. So this goes back to one of the things I struggled with when I first started is the force rule. What put the ball into the end zone? The punt put the ball into the end zone. Okay. Not the player gaining possession and fumbling, but the initial punt off the punter's foot. So, yeah, he touched it, so then it's a free grab for anybody, but it can keep rolling going back out of the end end zone for a touchback. I got you. Okay. So if the Steelers would have jumped on it, it still would have been a touchdown, but because it – I got you. Okay, because he didn't really but fumble it out. He never possessed the ball. So he technically never fumbled it. Gotcha. That makes sense. That's more sense, actually, than I thought. Hmm. I feel like this has been a good uh, good time back, Nate. Yeah, Very informative. Not, the, not something that comes up every so often. <laughs> good stuff. Go. And maybe next week we'll have your better half with you as well. Yeah, she should be on route back now but i don't think she's gonna quite make it tonight tell her to she's gonna have to think up new uh new little snippets for the whatever we're gonna call this to be determined formerly known as the beanbag bob mm-hmm. flop 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 <laughs> that wraps up the first time nate's on with us this year nate will be back every week that he's available most weeks to join us for nfl breakdown college football talk and do the other things. So thank you, Nate, as always. Thank you. See you guys next week. And flop, flop. Hey, Alex. Hey, Jim. Did you know Adam? that... Ma- what? How do you mess the segment up already? I might just say, yeah, Jim. And I actually said, hey, Jim. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's start from the top. <laughs> hey, Alex. Yeah, Jim. Did you know that Manti Teo returned to Notre Dame for the first time in 10 years? Uh-huh. No, I didn't. Yeah. And uh, it's the first time in 10 years since his bizarre high-profile catfishing scheme. And uh, he said, it's always good to be home. There's no place like home. But I want to make this real clear. And I was like, uh-oh. It's not about me. It's not about one person. Insert jokes here. It's about <laughs> the whole family. You know what? Go ahead. The team needs all of us. It's easy to jump on the bandwagon when everything's going great. It's easy to get on when everything is right. But what I want to know is, who is with me? Who is with me? Insert joke here. Who's going to get off that wagon and start pushing it with me? That's why I'm here. I don't know, Jim. Do you have dirt jokes to insert? Do you, you have something you want to say? Anyone, I think the point was that he was by himself as a one person. One person pony. I think it's cool no that Manti Teo is, you know, being received well into the fold. I think, you know, catfishing is horrible. In years? Catfishing is not okay. There's a, a Netflix documentary out there about the whole thing. But, like, real awkward for him. To, first off, why did it take 10 years? I, that was that's my biggest question. The whole thing. I mean, and because no one edited his speech, obviously, to be like, "Hey, man, this is setting you up for bike." So, right. And two, like, 
Notre Dame is down when we bring in Manti Teo? Because they're trying to distract from the fact that they're not very good. They probably have this whole Manti Teo thing in their pocket the whole time. They'd be like, you know what? Activate sob story. <laughs> they hit the Manti button. Got yeah, they're like, bring it out, bring it out, bring it out. All right. That's my hey, Alex. I just wanted to know your take on the on that story. So I appreciate it. Thank you. So we don't want to call attention to the fact that you know, Manti Teo may have been there because there is a Netflix special. I, I well, couldn't I mean, figure that part out. Is it a new special or? Yeah. So yeah. he's promoting a special. Ah, damn it. So it's about making that dollar, Jim. Don't forget. I didn't know if it was new or not. Yeah, it's it's definitely within the past like two or three months, I think. Ah, see, I thought it was like genuine. Mm. Clever Look by Netflix. Me. Clever by Netflix. Look at me. There's your, look, there's your Illuminati situation with Manti Teo. I got fooled by Manti. Dang. That's hey, Alex. This is Quick Thoughts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's edition of Quick Thoughts. After we missed last week's in Muff's absence, we are back in full effect. Muff with his Megatron eyewear. I'm not really with sure. With the hat on. What's with the glasses, Muff? I love them. This is I think Quick cool Thoughts. As competitive version. I will also oh. be wearing these on every betting show from here on out. He came to play. He came to play. All right. All right, we'll start in football. Akershore Stadium will keep the Heinz Red Zone in play for years to come, signing a multi-year contract for the Heinz Red Zone in Pittsburgh with the signature catch-up pour on the scoreboard when the Steelers get to the Red Zone. Did Heinz and Pittsburgh have a choice? Jim? No. Like, it, it, it's, it's Heinz. You have to keep them with Pittsburgh. Like, I think if you didn't do this, there'd be a lot of issues with the UVN people. Muff, the injures took the power back into their own hands and said, "Give us the ketchup bottle." And they I did. can't take and this guy seriously. And Heinz, and Heinz answered and said, "Oh yes, okay. we'll give you the ketchup bottle back." Aquasure, shove it right up your Aquasure butthole. Uh, <laughs> Yins, I I will say that they did do the uh, the ketchup pour, but the only thing that stinks is they put down the giant bottles that like tip in mm-hmm. so and i don't know that akershore might draw the line at putting those back up yeah i think that's going to be a no from them yeah in other news the chargers doctor who sidelined tyrod taylor after puncturing his lung is being sued for five million dollars with a trial to take place in april is this enough i'm not even talking this is muff this is you buddy muff is this enough uh, I think this is I hope Tyrod Taylor gets something out of this because obviously we've we've joked about this we've taken it seriously we've gone all through the gamut of here and most of it's just to make Jim get uneasy about the situation every time yeah. we talk about it but I do believe that there does need to be some accountability and if this is the only way for Tyrod Taylor to get something out of this then go to court buddy get what you got to get um, I will put this to bed until April now yeah, thank God. I hope he gets his. I hope he gets his money. But this is awful. I am, I allowed, am I allowed to bring my medical side view in? I hope not. Don't talk it's about it. Yes. Not as uncommon to cause a pneumothorax 
as you would think. Yeah, let's just say that it never happens and it won't happen to me. What is your fear? What do you picture happening? I don't want my lung punctured. Okay, but I feel like the misconception for you that may help you is that this needle does not go into the lung. It goes into the I don't want my lung punctured. Well, I'm just saying it goes into your pleural cavity and your lung gets flat because of the air pushing on it on the outside. If it makes you feel better. Hey, hey, hey. Did you hear the part where you said lung gets flat? Yes. Don't want that. Okay, that is not a puncture, though. Don't want that. It was just, okay. I don't think anyone does. Let's move it's on. It's like when people tell me that they don't Let's like needles. On. Like, Let's move on. If you did. Let's move on. Arizona State players are brought into a meeting on Sunday where they're being told Herm Edwards is out after a home loss to Eastern Michigan. Arizona State remains under investigation for allegedly committing major recruiting violations that are beyond the pale, if true. Recruits were reportedly brought in during the COVID-19 dead period, violating not only NCAA rules, but also medical common sense and medical ethics. Will this taint Herm Edwards' reputation moving forward? Jim? No, I don't think it will taint his reputation. Um He's not as high profile as like an Urban Meyer. Um, I think it will fade away. And Urban, Urban still looks like a scolded dog when he's on the Fox broadcast. Whereas Herm will, it won't take as long to get this dust off of him. Muff, we'll see Herm back next football season with ESPN. They're gonna have to let this one ride out. But next football season he'll be back, and it does have it does slightly tame his reputation because if it didn't, he would be back on ESPN tomorrow. Yeah, I think it tarnishes it in a small way, but not like you said, like if if Urban would do it or something. It's just not as big of a whatever. Yeah. But in baseball, oh, I don't know if I can talk about any more baseball, but we're gonna do it. New rules are in play for next season. Maybe this will help the Pirates with the following changes: a pitch timer, limits in defensive shifts. And bigger bases, maybe. Pitch clock, 30-second timer between the batters. Between pitches, there will be a 15-second timer with the bases empty and a 20-second timer with runners on base, along with different regulations for pickoff attempts and resets of the clock if a batter steps out of the box. And an auto ball is called if these rules are not followed. Defensive shifts with all four infielders needing to be on the dirt. The days of the four outfielder setup will be over. Even more pertinent, shifting an infielder to play short right field or simply overshifting three infielders to the right side of the second base bag will no longer be legal. The bigger bases, the bases will increase from 15 to 18 inches square with expectations that the larger size reduces collisions around the bag, along with slightly shortening the distance between bases. Will this lead to a better product on the field? Muff? This will lead to a product that we are more interested in watching because this is going to translate into more hits, more runs. And all of those other things, because shifts are all intended to, because shifts is the big thing here. The pitch clock is also big, um, which means that pitchers yeah. are going to have less time in between. All of this, I think, translates to more runs, more action, and more excitement, because people don't, the regular baseball fan does not want to watch a baseball game or go to a baseball game that's one to nothing. So we're going to see more action that we enjoy. Jim? I don't want to watch it either way. I agree with Muff. I think that this will stir it up a little. 
Basketball. LeBron James has detailed his disappointment with the NBA's punishment of Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver, writing, quote, our league definitely got this wrong, end quote. In a series of social media posts Wednesday, Sarver was banned from the NBA for one year and fined $10 million after the NBA on Tuesday released its findings from a 10-month independent investigation into allegations of workplace abuse during Sarver's tenure as managing partner of the Suns that has spanned nearly two decades. Is this enough, and is James doing the work of a good rep of the league? Jim? I am very confused by this whole scenario. If this investigation found what it says it found, why are we not giving the same punishment we gave the Clippers owner and taking the ownership away? It, it's confusing. Then there's some details about it. Like he, there's some, they say that he was just quoting people, but this is very bad and sponsorship are like PayPal saying they're not coming back to the team unless he's gone for life. This is one where silver seems to have lost his shininess. Like I, this is bad. I don't, I don't like this one. Uh, I think that, I mean, at least they did something. I understand that's not the standard that the NBA has typically held themselves to, but let's compare this to the NFL right now where we've got owners just running roughshod over a lot of things, uh, a lot of situations coming out, and then we can't get Dan Snyder out of Washington, no matter what he does. Um, so, I mean, I think it's good to see some action, but I don't disagree with LeBron James that he's trying to push the envelope. Um, you know, this is as much of him being, I think, a good representative of the players and of the league and what the league represents. So I think this is him trying to exercise influence over Adam Silver and say, hey, just so you know, we should probably do more here. So I I think James did good to inter- insert himself, and we'll see what Adam Silver does in response. I, so to counter you for a second, I see your point in that, like, Dan Snyder, that was a good point. I guess my point is, We've championed the NBA's the League of Consistency, and now they've taken a little right turn. Slightly, don't don't forget what the Clippers owner did. I agree, and that that's I agree. That's why I said a little right turn. I think this right. is this is weird and it's confusing. And I would like, and there's details we're never going to get. That's the other thing that bothers me, is that this is not as transparent. And there's things that in this investigation that are, are, it's a lot murkier. And so it's weird for me. And I would like to know more. And I, this is a podcast that we champion ourselves at gurus of nothing. So I need to do more recon, but on the surface, it's confusing. And I would like to see more. Moving on. Tennis. I haven't gotten to bong anyone in a while. Not bong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buzzer. Tennis. Oh. <sighs> Roger Federer. <laughs> Roger Federer announces his retirement will be final after this week's Lever Cup. Lever Cup? I know all about tennis. Sure. London. With Serena Williams retiring, Federer out, and the likely retirements of Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic coming in the near future, is tennis going to be hurting without young talent that we all know? Muff? So we all know that we don't 
do a lot in the tennis world here. Um, But I I do think that tennis is going to have some type of reckoning when all of these stars that they've championed for years, decades, which in tennis is unheard of that you champion your players for decades, you typically get for five years and you're lucky. Um, And I don't know who the new up and comers is. Obviously we've got Coco Goff on the women's side, but if you're going to ask me who the next men's, players are that are going to rise above i don't know who that is they try to but then he's an asshole half the time and then people don't like him so like i think this is going to be a problem for men's tennis whenever we finally see all these guys fade away jim i'm gonna say i'm gonna get on soapbox for a second i'm sorry there we go so tennis um mma Golf, to some extent, Muff will probably smack me down on that. I'd probably push my envelope a little too far there. I don't think there are sports, NASCAR, that have done enough to build the brands of the generations behind them. We champion the the heroes, the Serenas, the Nadals, the Djokovics, but the people coming up behind we're not doing enough. And so when they, it's time for these people to retire, it's like, who's up next to keep the sport alive? It's hard for you to get behind it. Um, and I'll, I'll jump ahead real quick. Like Jose Aldo just announced he's retiring in the MMA, a, a true legend. We've heard tons of MMA guys retiring. Can anybody name the up-and-comer other than, Pat, other than Patty in MMA? Never. Right. We can't really name the new up-and-comer in tennis. NASCAR, when when Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Earnhardt Jr., when those guys left, nobody can really name the, unless you're a NASCAR diehard, the cross-brand, cross that breaks the barriers outside their sport, superstar. I think that's the issue with some of these outlying sports, like, they need to start marketing and building up the brand. Give us something fun to watch. Yeah. I'll just counter real quick. Golf is trying. I just don't know if they're going to be successful. I knew that was coming. Well, it, it, by doing like their social media stuff, like at least they're putting the incentive for young players. Cause that's who you're seeing more in social media is the younger players, at least from the start, they can at least build a following from like college on if they want. So they're trying, I'm not going to say it's going to work, but at least, they have incentive to be not just good golfers, but also be good business people. And to counter your counter for a second, like um, they're doing that with still being in the confines of the old ways by the PGA versus the live golf. Like they want to do this social media champion, but they want to play within the rules of the old school. And that to me is you got to think outside the box a little bit. And that's what live golf is doing. They have more money. You have to invest. Isn't the next topic live golf? Yeah. Okay. Just so we know. Not the next, but it's going up. Speaking of MMA, former longtime UFC and WEC featherweight champion Jose Aldo, 36, has retired from UFC. His team told ESPN on Sunday. Jim, you just commented on this. Anything more to say? I think it's crazy. Like these guys that basically built the sport are leaving and i mean it, it 
they're getting hit in the face all the time. So I understand. But to me, it's it's crazy. This is the Jose Aldo fight where Connor said, I'm going to knock you out in eight seconds, and he knocked him out in eight seconds. It was the launch pad, in my opinion, for Connor McGregor. Like that's what took him to superstardom. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose Aldo was a bad man. So crazy. It's crazy to me. Muff, any comments, Dad? No, I mean, I, I Jim's a much bigger MMA fan than I, uh, but I do recall Jose Aldo being a star in the UFC. Um, and it is interesting to hear, especially how old he is at 36. Right. Like, if you were to ask me how old is Jose Aldo, I'd be like, oh, he's like in his early 30s. And he probably should have retired two years ago. You right. know, one of those things. But to hear somebody's 36 you know, is pretty much as old as Jim and I and still going out there and getting their head bashed in for a living. Yeah. Uh, right. I think says a lot about the sport and yeah. maybe some things that they should do to uh, help push the platform of these guys being able to retire earlier than their mid to late 30s. Amen. Keeping with the MMA theme, Jake Paul, who's set to fight MMA legend Anderson Silva in a boxing match on October 29th, is interested in fighting MMA legend and this show's guy. Nate Diaz thoughts. If Jake Paul, if Jake Paul wants to get his head knocked off, because if anyone thinks that Nate Diaz is going to follow whatever rules Jake Paul's wants to put in place, then he's off his rocker. Now I will say that the Diaz will promote this better than any fight he's had thus far. And it will be the most viewed fight aside from whatever the, the major MMI fight that's been viewed, it may even be have higher views, uh, whatever their pay-per-view platform is than anything. But uh, this is a good business move, but it may not be a good life move for Jake Paul. Jim? I put this in here just for that. That's all I did. I love that. Yes. Muff handled it perfectly. Uh, all right. Then we will jump over to Live Golf. Phil Mickelson says that Live Golf is here to stay. And the PGA Tour should come together with Liv. Is Phil just trying to salvage Liv with this statement, or does this plea have validity for the good of golf? It's my turn. Yeah. Which is rare that I land on golf. Um, I think the Liv thing is here to, for a while, I'm not going to say to stay. I think this is Phil trying to mend fences. And I think it, does have some validity that it is good for golf. Okay. Muff? I think that this is good for golf in terms of the PGA Tour having to step up their game. Uh, unfortunately, Will Zalatoris, not fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you think of this, did an interview recently. And Will Zalatoris, obviously one of the young up-and-comers in the PGA, uh, where he said, hey, this is all great and well that these older guys who are not as competitive week to week – can go get a payday and don't have to worry about the grind. But for me, Will Zaltor said, somebody who's made 10 plus million playing golf uh, and still has the opportunity to continue to do so on the PGA Tour, I am going to stay loyal to the tour, which has given me this opportunity um, at this time. So Liv, the problem with Liv is going to be, can they get an up-and-coming young star like Cam Smith? Can they get somebody? Brooks Kepka at this point is slumped into that older old, when I say older, older than the young up and comers who has had injuries, Phil Mickelson, who has a very checkered past when it comes to money um, and is old, older in golf terms. So 
Liv is here and it is going to raise the PGA Tour. And I think that's going to be the problem for Liv is that PGA Tour is going to elevate and Liv is going to fade because I haven't watched a Liv golf event and I enjoy watching golf. I don't think either of you have watched Liv and you've talked about how it's interesting. So until Liv gets that platform nationally, internationally, where they're gaining attraction and viewers, it's just going to continue to fade. I like it. That was a good breakdown of everything this week, guys. And I think that wraps up this week's quick thoughts. We have winners. Do you keep track? Do you stop keeping track, Alex? Muff, he stopped keeping track like weeks ago. I know. I just want to. You wear the glasses and now you want to win. I knew this was coming, actually. So the funny thing is I predicted that because now Muff has glasses on, he wants this to be competitive and would like to win. Right. I think it was kind of a tie because we really hit hard on MMA and we hit hard on golf. And I think you both made good points in your respective fields. So I'll call this a tie and we'll try to make it more competitive next week. If as long as you bring back the glasses, Muff, I will keep making it a challenge. Are we allowed to have ties in fancy football? No. Then why are we allowed to have ties in quick thoughts? That's a good point. Actually, I don't know what happens if we die. That's a good point. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what happens in our league Muff either. Muff <laughs> wins the top He's pushing the judge around. Yeah. That wraps up another episode of Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. It is football season. We are excited. Remember to tune in for the betting show that happens every Thursday. drops every Thursday. Let us know who you're tailing, who you're fading. Give us some thoughts on what we can do in upcoming episodes. And if you want to be a guest, make sure you get at us. At Sports Jim Muff on Instagram or Twitter. Sports Stuff W forward slash Jim. Amber Sam Muff on Facebook, on YouTube. Watch them, subscribe, rate, review, comment, lickle, tickle, like. That was lickle. Did you say lickle? Lickle. <laughs> he said it, and then he was like, I need to get out of this, and then he couldn't, so he's like, tickle. So he actually said, lickle, tickle. <laughs> lickle, tickle, like, retweet, all the things. Because you two can be a part of this rocket ship to the moon, and all you have to do is tell a friend, make a friend.
Prison.